I respect anyone that can major in math. Like I wish, I wish I could, honestly. It is crazy there. I, I've had a lot more fun in the design program. I'll just say that. <laughs> Localer is a local traveling agency that provides personalized itineraries for their customers. And they reached out to my team to help them tackle some of their problems. Two of their main problems were churn rate and keeping customers subscribed, especially within their main demographic of women. So my team and I set out to solve this issue of safety while traveling. And to solve the issue of safety, we began by deep diving into the data they had and also by gathering some new customer feedback to inform this decision. We found that many women were hesitant to travel alone or even in groups sometimes because of safety concerns. Some of us had even talked to women who said they canceled their trips because they felt unsafe. And we found that this was a huge issue that needed to be addressed, not just for local success, but for the safety and peace of mind of their women customers. We work closely with Localer to integrate these resources into their personalized itineraries with the goal of making safety a top priority. So you might have noticed that I said we a lot, and that's because I worked with two other wonderful women named Amber and Gabby. In this episode, I'm going to be reaching out to Amber to ask her what some key challenges she thought we faced during this project, and just to kind of walk you guys through our experience on working with a client that asked us for help. So if you're interested in learning more about product management and how to tackle complex challenges, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Remind me what you're studying again. I majored in mathematics, trying to do an emphasis like in statistics and data science type stuff, and then uh, minored in computer science and design strategies. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I respect anyone that can major in math. Like, I wish, I wish I could, honestly. It is crazy there. I, I've had a lot more fun in the design program. I'll just say that. <laughs> Well, let's jump into today's topic, which is going to be localer. So just to start off our episode, could you take me back to the day that we were first assigned to localer and some initial thoughts you might've had about how this project would go? Okay, I'll do my best to do that. Gosh, when we were first introduced to localer, I thought it was a very interesting business case to be able to help figure out what people who are already customers of his really needed and wanted and what they thought they liked about what they were getting. Where did I think it would go? I really was into the idea of letting the research tell us. Like when I started this design strategies, you know, we had already done probably a couple of classes at this point. So I had learned like, don't go into anything with the idea that you know the solution right away. Like it's okay to have some ideas, but I really wanted to generically like see if I could just like immerse myself into the user base or the customer or the business model that he had presented, as well as take some of those ideas we had learned from the Kenyan business models and a lot of those very innovative. And I my, think my biggest question was like, how in the world are we going to blend like what they were doing in this African business case study with yeah. Austin? <laughs> Austin of all places, yeah. pretty interesting place to those things. I think in the end though, you did a very great job integrating what we learned in the business case models, which seemed so out of base with what we were doing with Localer since it was just in Austin, you know, but 
how we tied it back in the end, I think was really conclusive. So that I think I really appreciated that. Also, I, I remember working with you and just hearing you say you wanted to generically touch on the pain points of the user base very organically. I really do remember that it was like very clear to me the way you approached that because it was really clear to me that you did try to go in without any assumptions, which I think landed us in a really good spot with talking to the people that we talked to. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I really appreciated the way you brought that perspective forward. That's really cool. Thanks. I thought it was, I know we might get to this, but like being able to talk to the user base the way we did was also very interesting. And I thought yeah. that took us in some cool. <laughs> I think this project revolved a lot around customer experience and putting ourselves in their shoes because we weren't really in touch with being a, like a solo traveler. So just to get your perspective, why do you think customer experience has become such a focus for companies in the past decade? I think one of my opinions is watching the success of other companies. Oftentimes corporations and you know smaller companies have hit like this wall where, okay, they made a product and they got so far, but then things either lagged or things started dropping off. And I think it was a couple of innovative companies I can't bring to my mind right now. IBM is a more recent one that has decided to use design thinking to kind of create a turnaround in their business model. But I think they realize that there's so much further they can go when they actually focus on user needs, because the answer isn't always in the room of, you know, the team who created the product. And it's not about, it's not about a lot of things that people thought it was about. You can sit in a room and brainstorm with 10 people, but that doesn't mean a thousand people are going to care, right? So why aren't yeah. you talking to the thousand people who you actually want to create for? I can't, I can't help but think that like seeing uh, case studies of other companies do well and create big turnarounds and profits is probably the reason why it's just picking up. Yeah. Do you have any experience with that? Have you worked with anyone in your design strategies that has kind of answered that question in any way? I think it wasn't particularly with any of the classes I took with design thinking, but more so a marketing class that I took. The professor that I took it with had a lot of experience working with some of the Fortune 500 companies, and one of them was Apple. And I remember him highlighting how CX or customer experience was one of the pillars of their company from the beginning to the end of their product and their product life cycle. Just thinking about how you enter the store and the people that work in the store are always at your attention and trying to get everything you need and how it's kind of like every single step in their product process is tied with a ribbon that's so nice. And it's all meant to surprise and delight the customer. And I think them focusing on that has really brought them to the, the pinnacle of success that they're at. And when he talked about that, I really thought about it and thought about the experiences that I've had with different companies and how it's all correlated into how I perceive their company. How cool. Yeah. I'd agree yeah. about the Apple. <laughs> it was really fun to learn about. So I think going into this project, we also had to think a lot about new features that would help localers growth. Just thinking back, what do you think we did right in terms of market fit and business growth for our features? Well, I thought something we did right was not create a lot of overhead in the changes that we proposed. We didn't, we didn't suggest something that 
was an entirely new website that would start from engineering it from the ground up, right? We didn't create like a, a completely new business model that he would have to adapt his entire company for. I thought what our team was really good at was taking what we had and what Localer was and enhancing it almost like as with as least cost as possible, but in the most effective way. And I feel like we really worked with those principles. I've seen other like teams and stuff that kind of just didn't keep some of those things in mind, just come out of like some other field and just be like, oh, you just need to do it this way. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the best fit. Um, I don't, you know, some of them involved even rebranding. And I know that's quite expensive. If you already have a customer base and you just want to attract more, you're doing something right. Um, and I thought he had some great opportunity with just some little tweaks. So that's something I thought we did really well. I totally agree. I think one of the things we did right was taking the constrictions of their already existing platform and considering that when we were thinking of solutions, possible solutions. And I think although rebranding is a really, it's good to be ambitious, but I think from a consulting standpoint, it's not completely realistic. And I think working with you since it was like kind of the first times that I had a really hands-on project experience, that was something that I definitely took away too, was thinking about how cost-efficient it was to actually implement this for them. I think our project was definitely different in terms of our timeline. If you recall, it was only a five-week class and we met like three hours each week, which it was like from five to eight, which was like a really weird time to me, but that's like most of the design classes that we have here at UT. But <laughs> since it was like five weeks only, what do you think were some of the practices that we exercised that helped us reach optimization within this timeline? I think staying focused on our goal and being really intentional about every step that we did. Like I've worked with a lot of teams since our team. We were really great at prioritizing and scheduling and planning, right? Like actually so efficient as a team. We packed in like everything we needed to do in those three hours pretty effectively. And if we didn't, we were good at meeting, you know, for another hour later in the week and nobody really gave each other a hard time about that. Um, yeah. So being able to really have prioritization down pat, we had great communication and everybody really helped each other. I think everyone on the team was just as equally invested and yeah. that also made a big difference. I totally agree. I think this project experience and our team dynamic set a really high standard for me. I think I was a freshman when I took this class, so I hadn't had a lot of team experience and client experience like this, but going forward, I kind of had like this standard in my mind where it's like everybody would be on the same page and make time for each other. But, you know, obviously as I went on, that wasn't how it is. Like, and, you know, we had to really um, I had to really navigate a lot of different challenges when it came to scheduling and communication with different team members. But I think our trifecta was really harmonious and it's something that I kind of look back on and I'm like, wow, that was kind of, that was kind of perfect. But I think it was a really good standard to look back on. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And everyone was super on point with understanding the design process and they had a great understanding like of what everything meant that we were doing, what user personas were. Like, I actually learned a lot about 
what user personas were in our team, because I think some of you and Gabby were a little bit more understanding of that than I was. And so we all just kind of like gave our strengths well, and then helped each other with whatever our weaknesses were and nobody really yeah. had beef about it. I totally agree like I was when I was like organizing this episode I went ahead and pre-recorded the conclusion and my takeaways and one of them was that I felt like as a team we stepped into some of the weaknesses and gaps that each of us had but it was super great because we played where our strengths were and no one really stepped over each other's work and it all kind of just like smoothed out in the end, which is all like really yeah. awesome. So while working on Localer with you, as I said, it was during my freshman year, so I didn't really have much teamwork experience under my belt yet. But it was also the first time that I worked with you as a returning student which still was a great experience for me because it gave me a lot of insight into different perspectives. And I think you had a lot more industry experience than I did at that point. So could you tell me about what you remember it being like working with students from different stages of life than you and how it was valuable to you during this project? Yeah, sure. Gosh, I think one of the most valuable things about coming to school is being able to was being able to work with everybody that wasn't, you know, my age, my experience, my box of people. You're not in school anymore and you're not meeting all different kinds of people. I learned a lot just from the perspective of this generation that's coming into college, you know, 18, 22 year olds. And the way they approach humanity in general, I thought was so refreshing. And they give a lot of space. They just give a lot of space for people. I came from a more judgmental era, I would say, where it's just like, <laughs> it's okay to like tell people what you thought. And it's just not, yeah. it's just you don't do that, right? And I think I learned even from you and Gabby, just like how to be more gracious in a team and how to be more gracious to people and how to be make space for our clients and just like this approach in general, it was really refreshing. It was just very valuable to learn that like new way of approaching team dynamics and that graciousness, I thought. I also just was able to kind of rely on where y'all came from and your background and your educational experience and learn from that as well, because it's much different than mine and see how you brought that into the project and see how you brought that into your ideas. As you said, it was a really unique team and special and probably one of the best learning experiences on a team that I've had yeah. because of some of those things. I know you were saying a little bit about the ways that we got to communicate with some of the people that we were able to interview and work with. I think during our project experience, I felt like we really went in with a mindset of being open and responsive and active listeners to the people that we talked to. And from that, I feel like we really listened in between the lines with the women that we ended up speaking to. And I think that's also why our results were really enticing to Joa, combined with us considering the already existing platform that they had. Going off of that, I wanted to ask, what mindset would you encourage listeners to assume to not only create exciting solutions for their clients, but also the people they're serving? That's and such I can a good question. Mm -hmm. I think what pops in my head, first of all, is approaching people with a mindset of empathy being a really paramount thing. 
And empathy can be so many things. So Mm -hmm. when I say that, I talk about traditionally how we talk about empathy in the design world. Um, You're talking to people in order to listen. You're not talking to them because you have this set of questions to make this product, which is two different goals. So I think it's paramount to approach people with like, yes, I have, you know, a guideline. I'm going to set that aside because I'm really here just to listen and hear your experience and to be willing to go off of the script, right? And maybe go down a road that they bring up that you never even thought of, which can usually often be the richest um, journey to take, right? Because it's going to probably shift outside of your assumptions and what you knew beforehand. So you can't really plan everything. If you really want to come in and be innovative with where you're headed, you have to be open to an experience in a way that you probably might not understand and just being able to do that with empathy. And I think it really also helps other people open up and feel like it's a good place to share and there isn't going to be any judgment brought or any agenda brought to how their experience has been. Yeah. And I think the way we kind of went above and beyond to find the people that we spoke to was really great in getting a conclusive image of what the world of women who traveled was like. Can you speak a little bit more about that and how we went about that process? Yeah, sure. So we have to mention the the pandemic was like yeah. really just everyone was home, right? We, the bans yeah. of being home were not lifting soon we were just in the thick of the pandemic and so first of all it's like are people even traveling second of all yeah <laughs> we are we are personally like plugged into those communities because we're in school not traveling so yeah. it was quite interesting to think about how we were going to find enough people to talk to but something that we found that had just become a thing on on social media was clubhouse where people were kind of sharing over audio instead of tweeting through text or sharing images through Instagram, people were talking to each other on all Mm -hmm. these different channels. We found some, we found a group that was just for women who love to travel and decided to ask them if they would let us interview them. And they said, yes. So I thought that was a really fun experience. I love sharing that story. And when people ask about this project, um, because it's a little bit out of the box, I think, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, I love talking about that experience too. It, it's like, you know, usually when you find people to do user interviews, they're usually in your, your circle of people that you know, or, you know, people of people that you know, if that makes sense. But Clubhouse mm-hmm. is like total strangers and a really unique pandemic experience to find people that you've never met before and have had totally different life experiences from you. I think they, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they were from like different locations, not even in Austin, probably from right. around the world, which was awesome. You know, that's like the perfect type of group of people to interview for a product or a feature that you're developing because it really gets unique perspectives. I agree. It also gave us people from different ages, and I thought that was also fascinating because it is very common to just go interview some university students because it's a complicated process to get people to do user interviews, right? And there's like, you have to just be careful with permissions and all of those things. And I know we also included a few people from UT, which was also really insightful. So we had a great blend of like some university age, and then I think most of the women were under the age of 29 except for one. And then there was one older woman who was maybe over 35. So I think most of the people we interviewed were his target demographic, which is what I think we wanted. 
but very fruitful. I'm not sure what happened with Clubhouse since I know it's still on and everything, but yeah, I guess we kind of took our own free form route of finding user interviews, which I'm sure bigger companies don't yet take, but I think it did help us a lot in that our final user personas were super different from each other. I remember the unsplashed stock images that we ended up using, but that's like kind of the image that comes to mind with the three women that we ended up doing user personas for. One was a really, a really wanderlust type person. And one was a woman that had a lot of disposable income. And then one was more like UT college affiliated type traveler, but so different from each other. Yeah, it was really great to be able to have all those different perspectives and be able to compile those into those three different user personas. Yeah, it really was. That was one of the best experiences of, I think, putting some of the research together. This was like, because it's just fun to hear like their crazy travel stories too. <laughs> How do you think in terms of project management instead of product management, what do you think was a really effective approach we took in terms of organizing the user feedback that we got? We went straight to the design textbook and we like put the sticky notes on the board and then we organized them into themes. And then we pulled quotes from our interviews that we thought were insightful. And I mean, that's exactly what you do, right? But we were able to yeah. use process really effectively. It actually worked. And that was was cool to say oh there's something we didn't even think what we were thinking of like oh maybe we need to add food information I think was one of our ideas and we thought that would be cool but then it really surfaced that a lot of their pain points centered around safety and we were like maybe we can do something in safety so the process that we took of synthesizing and organizing these quotes really helped us bring up that insightful like idea that we weren't really clear on before you know the, the research gave us something that we hadn't assumed which was awesome yeah and I really like that we chose safety as a focal point for our product. How do you think we could have better integrated safety as a focal point into the end features that we ended up coming with? Do you think there was a feature that may have been better suited or if given a longer timeline, you would have wanted to pursue for safety for these women travelers? That is such a good question. I really like the way we integrated it into their platform. Something about Localer was a lot of their information came like as a product came as an email. And so if you wanted an itinerary, it was returned to you in an email. I know that we did a prototype based on their website questionnaire, and that seemed like it worked really well and was pretty cool. But as far as safety goes, I think it would be more effective not to just like have it on an itinerary, but maybe have a more real time information source, if that could be a feature built into the website instead of just, you know, in the email where you're aware of your surroundings, you have some context before you go, but also while you're there, you have you have information continuing to come in about how things might be changing while you're in on your trip. So I think that real time is something, for example, that for Twitter was really good at and that we've probably lost with Twitter recently is it's given the community like this megaphone, like, okay, everybody, this is what's happening. Everyone should go to their safe place for whatever, right? And it's just hard to find that because our communities have kind of been broken up enough that we don't have that great local information or that family tradition passed down or that friend who told you to write. But it's also not together enough because we're not communicating 
effectively. We're not really replacing those traditions that have kind of broken down by like the globalization and the spreading out of our families and our communities. We've all kind of gone into our computer boxes and our, and our phones, but there isn't like a great product or a government resource or anyone kind of taking charge of communities in that way where we can really get real-time information. But I see that with safety in general, like with people traveling and women traveling on their own and how we can meet that need. It's just that lack of real-time information, I think, is a big pain point. For sure. And I think one of the quote-unquote features that we tried to implement into the itineraries was the local emergency number. And yeah. I think that's something that kind of ties into real-time data of disasters that might come their way. And if given more resources and time, I think that would have been a totally great feature to also implement is like having real-time data of what's going around. And I think one thing that was special about Localer was obviously the local insights that they got from their Localers, like the people that they have affiliated with them. And I think if I remember correctly, we also wanted to implement testimonies of those Localers about the areas that they thought travelers should avoid if they came to their town. And I think having something like that would be really community led and it would be very uniting. That that would have been a great way to kind of tie in that on the ground knowledge, right? Because they are using people who are local. So maybe they could be like the broadcasting point through their app of like, hey, you know, this is going on, go back to your hotel. I don't know. <laughs> We also ran into like this issue of like, how do you not stigmatize an area, but still share important information? You don't want to completely like take a place off the map because everyone's always saying it's dangerous, but like, honestly, word of yeah. mouth, that's what happens. But what's your liability as a company? If you're saying that, <laughs> I don't exactly. know if there is. So yeah, we kind of ran into some of those sticky issues. So going back to our team dynamic. I think we talked a lot about how it was unique and harmonious and really great. But could you expand on what roles you felt like we each assumed? Oh, this one's interesting. This one takes memory. <laughs> like yeah, for what, sure. I think I think I remember you being a really great project manager in general, like kind of keeping us moving in the right direction and moving forward and helping us stay very organized. I remember you being really good at that. I thought Gabby brought like really refreshing insights and great ideas. And I'm not sure if it was you or Gabby who taught me about user personas, but I remember just learning a lot about that because that wasn't a strength of mine. I went, I remember wanting to use like the actual people. I was like, why can't we use the actual people? And I think one of you had to explain how that works. I was like, oh, that was a little confusing. I thought I was good at bringing some of the user interview styles and forming some of the questions and getting the interviews done really well. Can you share some of yours? I would have to agree. I think first starting off with Gabby, I thought she was just a really cool and interesting person. I remember thinking that she could totally have like a, a YouTube career if she wanted to. I don't know. <laughs> Her, her personality was just really captivating. And I think she brought that into our team dynamic where she brought a fresh and almost young perspective into her work style and also her communication, which I thought was really fun. And for you, mm -hmm. I think the way you came up with user interview questions and sourcing user interviews 
was really integral to our project and brought a lot of success to how we talk to our customers. And yeah, I don't think it would have been as great and insightful without the way that you approach that. And I think I have always been a pretty type A person. So I think scheduling and keeping us moving forward was definitely my strength that I tried to bring in our project, which I'm grateful that you kind of appreciated. And I remember you calling me and telling me about that, which I was really like shocked and I was really happy getting that phone call. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's my recollection of it. What do you think you ultimately learned from this project and how have you applied it to the future projects that you had worked on since then? I ultimately learned what it's like to be on an effective team. And that's really valuable to take. And I know we come into other teams with expectations and I think that's okay. And if we hadn't had a standard like we had, I'm not sure we would ever been able to push people to like do better. You know what I mean? Or to push ourselves to do better in the next team. Ultimately, I also took away how innovative the case studies we did about African business models were. And you know, at the beginning of the class, I was like, this doesn't apply to Austin at all. But at the end of the class, I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> because we were able to really distill and generalize these principles of being inclusive and insightful. And so I think about that case study a lot. And when I think about products and future stuff that we had done since then, I really do think of that phone company in Ghana and how they started, you know, sharing mobile payments and for some reason, that's just a great baseline to kind of reference, sub, not subconsciously, but like, even if it doesn't have anything to do with my current project, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. this is, this is, this can be fascinating. People are adaptable. People are creative. It just kind of helps me remember that because in a more privileged space that we're in, sometimes as team members, we bring a lot of assumptions about people being either like us or having the same lifestyle or access to things as us. But even, you know, in our privileged place, there's going to be people who don't have the same access as other people. And so I've sort of learned that, like, if you can always keep in mind how to create for the person who needs access the most, everything from there is going to be a win. But if you start creating like from up here for people who have the most access, you were leaving out a lot of people. And I don't know if that's ever really the point of creating a lot of the things we've created since that project. So I think of accessibility a lot. Accessibility is such a huge thing. I think it's come to the forefront of a lot of product managers' minds because we have to think about the people that usually aren't thought about when products are created, like either hard of hearing people or visually impaired people. You know, those aren't the people that we particularly focused on on this project but I think this project did help us think about how to think of accessibility which was really great to end off I wanted to ask you as a product manager and working on so many teams and having to exercise the skills of a great product manager what would you say the top three to four skills of being a great product manager are the top three to four skills. Keep in mind, I was a product manager for an intern as an intern for maybe three months. I have a lot to learn and a lot of space yeah, to grow for in. Sure, yeah. It might sound cliche, but like communication. Second one would probably be relationship building. And you kind of need both to, to do both, right? But from my limited experience so far, 
I really think that if you can't build relationships, you can't get so too far in product management because you're trying to influence people without a position of authority in product management. So the key is this horizontal influencing and how, how can you be effective at that? And that's really built around relationships and creating them and um, just being human with each other first. And then talking about how to reach your goals second and just keeping that in mind like people are not a means to an end people are still people and I think that's gotten me a little bit of a ways in this in the small experience that I've had and you're asked for three so let me think of a third one I don't know if this is a top important one but I'm going to pick innovation like just having an innovative mindset because I think that comes from our design training at UT a lot is really learning how to approach situations creatively and without assumptions And starting there, I think that opens the door for being able to be innovative. I think the door closes on innovation when you walk in with all of your assumed mindsets and ideas. And, you know, it's like you kind of walk into the meeting with your solution before you even talk to anybody kind of an idea. That's not so innovative. That's more about just like, well, this makes sense to me. So let's do it that way. When you're innovative, I feel like you're open to a lot of different ideas and you're willing to throw away things that you hold close to your heart, you know? And I think as humans, that's always a practice. I don't think we ever get to a point where that's easy per se, right? Because yeah. we're kind of attached to our ideas or our experiences keep us in a certain set of biases. And it's important for me moving forward, I've thought about like, well, how am I going to stay open and not just rely on my own experience? And so I've been trying to think of ways and Yeah, I think that's like something that people tend to fall into is just thinking about the experiences that you go through in everyday life and what your lifestyle is like. But I think some of the greatest product managers that I've spoken to are the people that don't come in to a new project with that mindset at all. So reflecting on this project experience, I wanted to share with you guys some key insights and lessons that I learned along the way. First is the importance of customer research. It's really crucial to identify the pain points and challenges that your customers are facing in order to create a solution that meets their needs. Customer research is how you tap into things that people might not even convey. That's where we come in and read in between the lines to address that. By deep diving into the data and listening to customer feedback, Amber, Gabby, and I were able to identify the issue of safety as a key concern for the traveling agency's main demographic, which ultimately only led us to greater success with our results. Second, the value of collaboration is unmatched in a project that has a purpose of serving others. Because Amber, Gabby, and I established what our strengths were at the beginning of the project, we were able to collaborate in an optimized manner, not stepping over anyone else's work, but instead filling in the gaps where the other person might not have seen. Working closely with the agency and other stakeholders was also a key part to the success of this project. Collaboration with them allowed us to scope if things like integration of the safety resources and training into the personalized itineraries felt feasible to them and right for them. Third is the power of empathy. Understanding the fears and concerns of the women was pertinent to creating a solution that resonated with them. By putting ourselves in our customer's shoes and truly understanding their perspective, we were able to create a solution that addressed their concerns and empowered them to travel alone safely. 
My personal mission is to give a voice to universal human emotions in a way that touches people on a profound level. And I think that's something that product managers can carry into their interactions with the people that they are serving. Finally, the impact of social responsibility. As a product and project manager, I think it's important to consider the wider impact of your work. Sometimes your product might even reach beyond your original intended demographic. For example, the safety resources and training provided to the customers help to empower and protect the women travelers, but it can also eventually reach men travelers, which ultimately I hope can only have a positive social impact beyond Localer's bottom line. In conclusion, this project experience taught me so much value around critical thinking, collaboration, creativity, social responsibility, and personally, most important of all to me was the value of human connection that I got from Amber, Gabby, the Localer stakeholders and CEO, and the women I got to speak to along the way. So as we face complex challenges in our work and in our world, I think it's important to keep these insights in mind and continue to strive for solutions that benefit not only your clients, but also humankind. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I hope to hear back from you through my email at audreylee at utexas.edu.